fall away, I would like to invite you to come up and share with us what it is that God has put on your heart today. We do this every fifth Sunday, which happens four times a year, because we believe that the way that God works in our lives is one of the best sermons that can be shared. So I would love to pray for you first. I haven't been doing this, but you're going to be the first one I'm going to do it for. But I'm going to pray for you as you get started. God, I just pray that your words would flow through Andrew, that it wouldn't be his voice, but the voice of the Holy Spirit sharing the story that you have written on his heart and his soul. Thank you for this moment, and thank you for his courage. Please give him peace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Welcome, Andrew. Can you guys give Andrew a welcome, please? Are we good, Joe? Okay. Um, I would like to ask you all to first continue to pray for me because this is not something that is easy for me, and it's not something that... I really wanted to do, but I know that y'all are a praying people, and it is my hope that this is a blessing to someone and not a stumbling block. Um, as I began to think about my testimony in my life, I kept coming back to this one idea of expectations, my expectations of life, the expectations of others, and the expectations of God. Um, I grew up as an only child right here in Auburn. Uh, Daddy worked for George Power and Winder, and mama cleaned houses for a living. And they never tried to push me in any certain direction as far as what they wanted for my life or a career, but they just always wanted something better than they had for me. And so they always expected me to do my best and study hard that I might get the good grades so that life would be easier down the road. And as I went through school, I was always in the honors and the AP classes and was involved with one group or another. When I graduated high school, I was an honor graduate and president of the local FFA chapter. And I was accepted as a student at UGA in the fall. And my parents were, of course, very proud. But there was another set of expectations on my life. See, not only was I the son of a Baptist preacher, my grandfather was a preacher, my uncle, and my cousin. We went to church on Sunday morning Sunday night, Wednesday night, sometimes Saturday night. If Daddy was asked to come preach at a church or preach a revival, and he frequently was, we went every night, no matter how far or how close. I remember one summer as a child, Daddy was asked to preach in three different revivals, not counting the one at our church. Four out of five weeks that summer, we went to church every night. And that was just what was expected by the people. And we went. And as I began to grow up, those church expectations began to be added to my life. People thought, and I thought, well, he's a preacher's kid. He goes to church all the time. He'll be saved young. And I remember growing up, there were friends that they were saved at 8, 10, 12. And as I began to grow older, you know, when he's saved, he'll be a, he's a preacher's kid. He'll teach, church. he'll teach Sunday school, or he might even be a preacher himself. It's natural, after all, his daddy, granddaddy, uncle, cousin, they're preachers. Thing was, I was 20 years old when the Lord saved my soul. And it was not because I didn't believe in God. I knew from an early age that there was God, Jesus, heaven, and hell. It was all real. But the thing was, I just couldn't let go of fear. 
the fear of the expectation, the expectation of what would happen when I became a child of God. I'd be expected to stand up and give a testimony, to get up and teach, to preach, and I knew that I couldn't do it. It was not in me. And I talked to God and said, Lord, this, this is not what I can do. I'll, I'll get up there and make a fool of myself. The thing was, God had a plan. He had it covered. And the thing was, that plan was that I wouldn't be there alone. I was saved on Saturday night of summer revival, August 2nd, 2008. That night when Brother Richard, who was a visiting preacher, finished preaching, and he asked for an altar call that we all come pray in the altar. And I made my way to that altar, and I just laid it out on the line. God, whatever it is, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. God's reply came in just a small voice. You just stay right where you're at. The prayer ended. People got up and began to go back to their seat. And I knew I had to stay, and I just kept kneeling. Preacher called for another prayer. And right then in that moment, I said, all right, Lord, here I am. What do I need to do? He said, you've done it. And he came into my life, and I became a child of God. But he wasn't done there. See, Brother Richard was a short man, probably not much taller than Miss Louise. <laughs> and where he had knelt, the piano was between me and him. And he stood up and he began to ask the question, is it well? And the simple answer was, it is well. Three little words, that's all it took. All that worry, that fear, God had rolled it away. He had been there in that plan and had it all filled in for me. I'm going to read a little scripture right now. Um, the scripture is special to me and for several reasons, but First and foremost, it was the scripture that was preached on at my baptism. You can find it in the first book of the Kings, chapter 19, starting with the uh, fifth verse. And at this point, Elijah has left to the desert in fear of uh, being killed by Jezebel. And it says, and he, as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was cake bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat, and drink, and laid down, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again, the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose, and did eat and drink, and went in the strength, for that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And as I mentioned, that was the scripture that was read and preached on at my baptism. And I remember several times throughout his sermon that night, Brother David, he would come back to that one part of the verse 7, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. We're all on a journey here that's too great for us. But God is with us, and God always has a plan for us. And there's been times in my life when I've been burdened down with the cares and worries of this world of what are we going to do and how are we going to make it and I just have to come back to this scripture and know that he's always been there no matter what and he's always had a plan and a way for me.
And I remember riding home that evening from my baptism and going, all right, God, I've been saved, church member, I've been baptized. Now what? And I guess I expected the skies to open and there to be just this neon sign of, all right, here's the plan. <laughs> but the thing is, I went home Sunday evening, so I packed up my clothes and I drove back to Athens, same way I had done for a year before this, to the same apartment I had lived in. Nothing had changed. And I started my third year at UGA, much the way I started the same, the second, all wondering, all right, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Do you want me to continue upon this path, or, or do we need to punt and start over? But he was there. And he continued on with me on that path. About six months after that, I started dating a girl that would later become my wife. And if you don't believe that God has a plan for us, she lived in the apartment across the parking lot from me. Walked by my apartment twice a day, to and from the bus stop, the same bus stop that I rode, to and from class every day. And did I notice... <laughs> nope. So we began dating and continued dating until we graduated in the spring of 2010. And as many of you remember, that was not a great time to be graduating from school. We were in the midst of a recession and jobs were hard to come by. And so we, of course, talked and prayed, Lord, what is it? that you would have us to do. Where do you want us? Alicia's from South Georgia. I'm from right here. You know, do you want us here? Do you want us there? And we continue to pray. And God blessed us with jobs. Jobs in our field that we had graduated from UGA with. And about a year and a half after that, he blessed us to be married. Blessed us with a little house. Nice little yard. And we have been married now for 12 years. And you could say we checked the boxes. We had jobs in our field. We had a house. We were married. We were happy. And I guess to our plan, it looked right. But over these 12 years, our plans have changed. We've moved. Alicia and I have both changed jobs several times. Alicia's went back to school. But no matter what, God has always been there with us, leading and preparing the way for us, putting us right where he wanted. One of the check marks, I guess you'd say, on our plan was children. And as you know, we have two little girls, two beautiful girls that we love dearly. And being new parents, we tried to read and plan. And when we were expecting Daisy, that kind of went out the window when Alicia developed cholestasis and Daisy had to be uh, induced and brought and born three weeks early for fear of complication. And we checked into the hospital on Sunday night thinking, all right, here we are. We're going to have this little girl. Time went by and we just waited and waited and prayed. Daisy was born 
on Wednesday morning around 10 o'clock. The whole time we just sat and waited and worried, Lord, what can we do to help this along? But it was all right there in his time. The nurses, the doctors that he put in our path those few days, they were amazing and they, there's nothing else to say but they were godsend because they certainly helped calm the nerves of a new mama and daddy. And once again, when we were expecting Sally, Sally had to be induced three days, three weeks early. And again, we checked in on Wednesday night. Sally was born about 1.30 in the morning, Saturday morning. But again, God was there. He put the people in our lives. He watched over us and provided for us even when we thought what we needed was for our children to be there. But he had a plan and a way. He watched over and provided for us. And most of you know that we, that Alicia has a rare autoimmune disease. And we've been on a six year journey from the first sign of onset of this disease to last year finally getting a confirmed diagnosis and treatment. And I know that that sounds like a really hard thing but God has blessed us because normally people that get this diagnosis only get it later in life after the damage is done. But he's blessed doctors to be put in our way. Nurses that have been kind to us and shown us goodness to help us along the way that we might continue and live this good life. The first time we had an onset symptom of this diagnosis, we were at home. I was asleep, dead to the world, not knowing that the world was spinning. We were 10 minutes from the emergency room. We could have been so much in a so much different place that it could have been a lot worse. The next symptom showed itself almost two years later. Alicia was in Watkinsville at a conference. I was above Dawsonville on a landscape job. It took me almost two hours to get to the hospital, and all I can say that it was by God's grace that she and I both got to that hospital. It's not been easy, this journey we've been on, and it's not what we've expected, but through it all, God has been there, just as Proverbs teaches us that he has stuck with us closer than a brother. He's put some incredible people in our lives. He's put you all in our lives, and y'all are praying people, and I want you to know that from the depths of our hearts, we appreciate your love and prayers through all this. I don't know what God's ultimate plan is for the need of my life, but I have one last thought that can be summed up by, of all places, Hollywood, and it is this. I believe that it is small everyday deeds of ordinary folks that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. Thank you, my friend. You know, as Andrew was sharing his story, I felt as if I needed to ask you all a question. I needed to ask if it's well with your soul. 
Andrew spent a lot of his life. He should have been like my kids, saved the minute they came into the world. <laughs> but he was on a journey that was his own and in a time that God provided for him. And every one of us is on our own journey. And whether or not you grew up in the faith or you're new to faith or you're still trying to figure this faith thing out, we all have a journey that we're on. And I need to know today if it's well with your soul. If it's not well with your soul, if you are struggling, if you have yet to give your life to God, if you are still waiting for that moment, if you need extra prayer, if you want to give your life back to God after a season of broken and hurt, I encourage you to do that today. I encourage you to do that now. On that day, a preacher stood before the audience and told them the story of a man who thought that his life was over, of a man whose life was at risk, of a man who was soon to die, he thought, of a man who didn't think he could go one more day in the life that he was living. And an angel showed up to that man and said to him, wake up and eat. And that is the invitation I give you today. Wake up. You're not alone. Not only is this whole group of people here with you, but God has always been with you and will always be with you. And the question is, are you ready to take that step forward? Are you ready to start again? Are you ready to say thank you? I encourage you to come to the altar today as we sing our last song. Say a prayer. Say thank you to give God what God has given to you. Let us pray. God, I thank you for being with us. I thank you for stirring our souls so that we know when we are far from you. And some of us in this place today have souls that are broken and hurting and just needing to be well again. Holy Spirit, move in those souls today. Help them to stand up and to eat. It's in your name we pray. Amen.